Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. Welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. And a little unexpected. Ah, today is Sunday, September the 15th, 2019. And we've been gone a long time, and I'm really sorry, but it's been busy. It's been crazy. Yeah, you have been traveling again, which yes. is a little unusual for well, you. Yes, it is for me, but yeah, Chautauqua, New York for a week, and then Vermont. Yeah, I think maybe we talked about Chautauqua, uh -huh. but uh, the Vermont thing was exciting and fun. Oh, just fun to see all my two best friends up yes. there in Vermont. And that was wonderful. Swim in the lakes and just some of my favorite part of the world, the planet, is the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. And I'm so glad you got to do that. Yes. Yes. And then you've been busy in other things? Yes, at work. Um, Friday evening, got to see the Harlem Dance Theater. Which is up, awesome. Oh, it was <laughs> awesome. Up at the Moss um, Center. Center on Virginia Tech's campus and it was four ballet dances to different things but one of them is was called Passages and it was sponsored by the American Evolution which is celebrating 400 years in America and this particular number was written specifically about the first slaves African slaves who landed on in America. Wow. Yes, and I mean goosebumps. They I'm had ballet sure. dancers join waves. Wow. I mean, I just I can't even explain it. But nonetheless, <laughs> some culture that yeah, uh, absolutely. we took a bus here from Patrick County, and there were ten of us. Yeah, yeah it was it was sort of a volunteers program, or was well, it more? The Reynolds Foundation out of Richmond had given money, whatever, yeah. donations. So they had been given 10 seats, yeah. 10 tickets. And they thought, Blacksburg, let's ask the Reynolds Homestead if they'd like, the staff would like to go. Yeah. And then whomever. So two two of us on staff went, and then we chose eight volunteers Lovely. to go. It really, and we're thinking, oh, we'll be up. You know, I've only sat up in the, you know, the <laughs> highest place right. you can sit before. We were eight rows back. That's wonderful. Uh, oh, just amazing. That is wonderful. Yes, but other than that, just celebrated Nancy of the Nancy's Candy Store. Mm -hmm. She turned oh, yeah. 65 and went to a surprise birthday party for her in Roanoke. And it was just so much fun. She's such a delightful person. And yeah. we're lucky that Meadows of Dan has been her home all right. these years. And she's put it on the map in many ways since all the candy is sold in all 50 states. And yeah, yeah so Absolutely. it's rather exciting in that respect. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I saw the pictures and it uh, did look delightful. Yeah. That's great. All right, what else is going on? That's about it for me. Well, I've just been busy at the shop, and uh, we've been stocking and stocking and stocking, getting ready for September and October. Well, your shop is delightful. Well, people seem to be pleased, and it's been very busy. And uh, let's see, what's going on in Medicine Dan? Uh, there's a, um, well, we got book club on Monday, and then on um, 
we've got the fish fry coming up on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Fish and, fry. Oh, yeah. And then next month, the ever-popular pancake days. That's right. The two last Sundays. Two, yeah, yes. the last two Sundays of the month. Yes. So that's coming up. That's when our little town of 300 or whatever the village is has about uh, eight, 9,000. Yeah, well, through, all through <laughs> October. Yes. Uh, and a lot of September. Yes. Uh, my friend Sandra went for a walk this, uh, yesterday afternoon and she found changing leaves. She yes. sent me pictures. Uh, so I've been so busy, I haven't even had a chance to notice. But now looking out the window here, mm -hmm. I can see this. See some changes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. And so we're doing a feature tonight right. on Actually, the podcast. Yeah, we have two special guests. So if there's a little bit of commotion, we have Stella as well. <laughs> uh, so she might make a noise, but um, probably not. She's a very, very good dog. So you would introduce our guest. I would be honored to introduce our guest. Our guest tonight is J.C. McKirk, who grew up in New Hampshire. And J.C. was actually on our show, our podcast, about a year and a half, two years ago, along with Cliff. Mm -hmm. And they talked about growing up in New Hampshire. But tonight, we want to hear J.C.'s story, um, how he came to be most um, uh, pointedly a worldwide pet sitter. And this is a topic that people are interested in. Absolutely. When I tell people, well, my friend J.C., he's, you know, doing pet sitting at this state and, you know, traveling and this and that. They're like, how did that happen? How did it come about? What possesses somebody to do it? What do they give up in their own life to do it? And these are some of the questions that we just love to hear from you, JC. And if you can get give us a little of your background too, your military years, and just we just want to know everything about you. So that's actually <coughs> probably a pretty good place to start to preface with some background because the first question I usually get is how can you afford to do this yeah. and how do you manage to move around with so little stuff and so like you mentioned the military is probably a big part of it because I joined when I was young and at a, with a minimum of 20 years you can retire fairly young so after growing up in New Hampshire and then joining the military to go travel the world I retired in my early 40s and moved down to southern Florida um, I wanted to go to flight school with my GI Bill and kind of reinvent myself after 23 years of running around the world on tanks. Oh my. And having never lived in Florida before, it was it's quite an interesting place. But if you want to leave in a car or a motorcycle and you live down southern, southeastern Florida, you've got the better part of the day just getting out of Florida before you see a hill or uh, some trees, forest. So after finishing school there and getting my commercial pilot certificate and then realizing the last thing I wanted to do after 23 years in the military was go fly for a regional airline, I thought it might be a good idea to just get out and travel some. It's a pretty common theme amongst retired military folks too. Most get the big RV and pilot in the family. I don't have uh, any family, any kids, uh, any pets at the time. So it was kind of a logical break to just load up the car, 
and initially it was just going to be visiting people, camping, traveling, and at the last minute, while I was wondering what I'd do to fill in the blanks on the time of this, what was supposed to be maybe a year or two road trip, I found the um, house-sitting websites. And it appears that people just took old dating website software and, <laughs> and repurposed it. You, where you fill out a profile and you click on one of two buttons. I'm either a homeowner looking for a house sitter or a house sitter looking for somewhere to stay. And I thought that might be a good way to fill in some blanks because these are available all over the world. Just about anywhere you can think of. Uh, somebody needs a house sitter and the Americans are still fairly popular. So I was ready to leave Florida. I luckily hadn't gathered too much stuff um, while being in the military because every few years you move. So I put a few things in storage, loaded up the car, and proceeded to apply for a couple of house sets. I got some references from friends and family. I'd done it for uh, before, but didn't really have much of anything else in the way of a resume. And as luck would have it, I ended up corresponding with a local couple here in the Meadows of Dan. Ah, we love it. Who uh, took a little leap of faith there, and after we'd done maybe a Skype interview and a little back and forth uh, with the secure messaging, I ended up right down the street from where I'm sitting now with the same dog that's under the table here, <laughs> and met Peter and Kathleen, and that's become one of my uh, recurring house sits that I look forward to probably at least once every year. I come through. And that, without intending it, became part of what's become kind of a cycle, a cyclical schedule, where I see folks over and over again. Once you've established that relationship, you kind of mm -hmm. work with their vacation planning. And then I can fill in the blanks in between with new house sits, foreign travel, visiting friends, family, camping. And this all started close to five years ago now, and I've yet to find a reason to stop I'm so, I can't believe it's been five years but I guess so so Peter and Kathleen were your very first they were the first house sit that was arranged online through one of the couple of websites that I used wow <laughs> that is amazing what are some of the questions that people ask since you're coming into their homes I have found most people, and maybe I've been lucky, but I think it has to do with the types of folks that look for a house sitter. Um, they, uh, usually, uh, ahead of time, is the standard questions, and it's probably fairly comforting to them that I have a small military retirement and health care, so I'm not uh, trying to find local work to sustain myself or just eating everything out of their fridge, although that right. <laughs> does happen here with Peter's food. Yes. <laughs> um, um, so they, they want to know your background, and I do have a, a, a packet of scan documents like ID, passport, military stuff with redacted personal information that they're welcome to do a background check with. But it usually has a lot more to do with just clicking, having something in common like travel, the military, uh, flight, fishing, skiing, some little thing like that that becomes a common denominator and it makes it for a more comfortable conversation. And so far, <laughs> I haven't had any crazy cat people, and they haven't uh, had a crazy house sitter that they wanted to <laughs> run away from. Ah. You've had some pretty interesting um, pe cats. 
that you've worked with. There was uh, a couple that you used to uh, do a lot of pictures of. That That's kind of a repeat. That is too, a repeat, well. isn't so it? So that is, uh, I'll actually be heading that way in a couple of weeks when the, the folks here in Meadows of Dan come back. And it's uh, a couple of retired professionals in Glenwood Springs, Colorado that have an amazing house on the Roaring Fork River. They're both um, probably world-class kayakers, mountain bikers, so they picked their spot well. They can put their kayak in the rapids in the backyard. Mm. You can fish there, and of course it's only 45 minute drive from Aspen, maybe a little bit further to Vail. They don't ski as much anymore, so I kind of show up in the late fall, early winter, uh, shake hands, have dinner, and they go off to go do things further south, um, mountain biking, kayaking, and I take advantage of the winter to ski, hike, do some climbing it because Glendon Springs is just an amazing part of Colorado, just all the way up there in the mountains. Mm. But the cats, <laughs> that <laughs> tell are, us, they're um, Tonkinese is the breed, so I guess that's a combination of Siamese and Burmese. Mm. So they're they look like little mountain lions. They have the Siamese coloring, but the temperament's a little bit different, at least than some of the Siamese I remember when I was younger. But they are so inquisitive and curious I, I've caught them using tools before and helping each other to get into a bedroom that's uh, been closed off to them I had a guest there and all <laughs> night long we heard a series of small thumps in the click of the door handle and Rosebud was jumping up and grabbing the handle and hanging off of it well guy was <clears throat> pushing the base of the door and I told my friend you could either open the door and let them in or they will eventually get in and by morning my friend who defines himself as not a cat person was in there giggling with two cats sitting on his chest. <laughs> they are uh, quite entertaining. We actually tried to play ping pong last year with another friend over and the uh, smaller of the two jumped up in the middle of the ping pong table and started swatting the ball away from us. I love it. Love it. Uh. So it's quite the, the cast of furry characters. Sometimes cats, dogs, um, Everything up to herds of farm animals and down to iguanas, plants, or just some folks that don't have any animals. They just want the peace of mind of having someone in the house. Have you done that? I think there's always been at least a cat or a dog, usually a combination of a few. Uh, some people have asked me, can you find house sits that don't have any animals? I'm like, I suppose you can, but that's kind of the fun of it. Right. Oh, sure. Because you're, you're very active, so it's it's great to have, um, you know, Stella to go out with and do things. and. Right, so something I've mentioned to anybody who's curious to do this from the sitter side, and of course all this applies to the homeowners too, is there's kind of an equation you have to work out in your head. Um, if there's going to be a couple of older animals that require injections, medical treatment, and you can't leave the house for more than a couple hours at a time, that's fairly limiting, but if you're there, you know, uh, working on a thesis or a graduate degree, um, and that's not a problem, it may be the perfect house for you. Yeah. On the other hand, cat sits where they're indoor cats or that take care of themselves, they're usually pretty forgiving if you want to go out skiing for the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, have you ever had an animal that was a real challenge? That's Stella. <laughs> Stella is. Yeah, she just, knows we're just, talking about You tried in at just the right moment, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Except that you are probably the easiest dog ever. Yeah. Yes. I had a 
uh, house set up in uh, New Hampshire near Manchester, not far from Cliff Stomping Grounds. And she had two dogs and a cat. And the older dog, I believe it was Max, had a, a touch of dementia. Yes. So he got very confused and upset. And if you left, it was okay, but he had a kind of happy place in the basement. And you'd trick him in there with a little bit of peanut butter, and he was fairly happy. But if you left him out and he thought he was alone, he would get kind of upset. Luckily, she also had an ancient chihuahua and Max the cat, who would also, <laughs> they would kind of pop up to comfort. See, it was Max the dog. I don't remember the cat. Uh, they kind of comforted each other. And I remember she mentioned, if you're, you're welcome to sleep without the animals, but if you do, put the, the child, the doggy gate up because they'll get anxious and chew at the door frame. So they didn't chew the door frame, but at one point as I was unpacking my things, I did put the gate up and I looked back and there were three faces staring at me like, how, how could you? Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> so I arranged the series of stairs and ramps for all the old dogs and stuff to get up and they were very good about parceling out the real estate on the bed so we could all have a spot for the night. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, so far, and maybe there have some, been some potentially more challenging ones that I, I didn't uh, apply for. Stella, you were not paying attention to you. Well, you know, it's funny. I find myself in, I'm cat sitting right now for some folks who are traveling across the country for five weeks and their cat is diabetic. And so the first week gave him his shots twice a day. You know, we were in this routine. And then a week ago, he absolutely went ballistic and attacked me as I was trying to give him his shot. And I had had a diabetic cat, so I was good at it. And, and plus I'm a nurse. Well, you're so, a nurse. Right, you? yeah. So it, was, it, was, it really was not a big deal. And I didn't think it was a big deal to him, uh, but he just went ballistic and has hidden. So he has not had a shot for a week of insulin. Um, he's eating, he's drinking, he's using the litter box. He looks, the, the brief glimpses I get of him, which are very brief, mm. he looks fine. Um, and I let them know, of oh, yeah. course, uh -huh. you know, I, I just told them, I said, this is what happened and uh, this is all I can do. But have you ever been in that kind of situation or how we, am I handling it right? I don't know. <laughs> well, this is maybe one of the reasons why people are um, really looking for house sitters to come to their place because right. some animals, cats in particular, um, are just really used to their their home yes that's their safe place they're happy and some are, are very adaptable um, others especially about like the rest of us when we get older and set in our ways so I, I mean I would not ever profess to be a cat psychologist because I think they mainly exist to confuse us but <laughs> um, yeah maybe you could try something like the fell away aromatic things that are supposed to release a pheromone or some chemical to calm the cats down but I think it's just did they routinely have the, the kitty go somewhere else to be watched or never yeah never and this is like a 14 year old cat it's the first time he's ever been anywhere except maybe you know to the vet but yeah. other than that ever away so. and then we had we had a little gathering that night mm-hmm 
uh, which I think upset him because there were extra people around. And I brought my dog, which is yeah, probably a, a real big mistake. around somewhere, right? Yes, but she's she stands at the door and wants to come in, but I haven't let her, especially once the cat attacked me because I was afraid it would hurt. And, yeah. of course, you know, nightly your dog was outside. and Yeah, the but the cat were, knew he was there. Yeah, so who knows? Yeah, I, it, could, it probably would have happened anyway. But and I, still. you know, personally, I, as they said, he's old, and as long as he's eating and he's not in distress and he doesn't seem it at all yeah. um what can you do i don't i don't think you can do anything i never thought about some sort of spray or lavender or even catnip or something yeah yeah the um well the, the folks you mentioned in colorado with the tonks there's also a third cat there Peta, whom i've seen about as much as you've seen this cat lately which is amazing so when they brought the the tonkinese kittens home they did everything by the book. They have a, a small gym in the house so they could close it off and put everything that the new cats needed. And they went through the whole step-by-step -step process of, you know, keeping them separated but letting them sniff the door and get closer and closer. Yeah. So over the years, it's reached the point that when there's not a house sitter there, within a couple hours, I get a reassuring picture of PETA sitting in the owner's lap. But while I'm there and the other house sitters, PETA during the day hides in the basement. So when I go down to check the, the litter, yeah, I bring some treats and try and toss them in far enough to her furniture cave that the other cats won't snatch them out first. But she's was willing to accept the new cats and a few other changes, but having a different person there was just one step too far oh, for the older right, kitty. Right. Yeah, I just babysat a cat for two weeks and never laid eyes on it. Really? Yeah, well, it, it was in, in its own home. A, a cousin had a fall and um, had, you know, emergency situations. So um, her nephew asked me to look after the cat for a little while. And I never laid eyes on it. I knew it was there because the food was disappearing. Right. And I had to empty the litter box. But I never saw it. Not a whisker. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, for like two weeks. But it... You know, an elderly woman living alone probably doesn't get too much company. Mm -hmm. You know, the cat's gotten shy. I would like to think that it <coughs> has to do with how they were socialized and if they lived with other people and other animals, maybe, you know, kids and stuff. Sure. When they were younger. But I think the longest, other than um, reclusive PETA, it's never been more than two or three days yeah. before they're just bored or curious enough to come out. Which exactly. In Arizona, it caused me to jump more than the cat did because the they had a medium full-size terrier and then another cat that was very friendly and casual. And before she left, the homeowner said, well, you know, Raja will introduce himself eventually. Just be patient. He's in under a bed. And this was southern Arizona, so I, I saw the eyes when I was doing my scorpion check at night before right. bed. Oh, my. <laughs> There had recently been a fire, and it drove all the critters into the houses. So there are rattlesnakes and scorpions everywhere. Yeah. It makes it interesting dog walking. But then Raja did appear in this woman's little art studio at the end of the building, and this was the biggest tabby I've ever seen. Probably close to 30 pounds. What? Head was about as big as mine is. Wow. I have photographic evidence, and just wow. kind of crept up over the back of the couch, and I looked over, and there was... <laughs> The this cat was head. sitting next to the dog. They were the same size. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> so I guess when someone tells you that, oh, if the other cattle come out in the wild, that it's a big tabby, never mm -hmm. underestimate what that what big fact means. means. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that is funny. Yeah, really. Um, let's see, you have done some international, too, at least in the Caribbean or South or Central America. Um, I did Belize last year when I ended up getting off the Appalachian Trail because of my, my foot, the plantar fasciitis. I was licking my wounds and massaging my foot and feeling a little depressed because I'd been hiking so much. And Haley, a previous house sitter for these folks in Colorado who we'd met by both being in contact with them on social media, um, is constantly traveling. She prefers the refined British and Scottish countryside. Most of her pictures are her walking the dog with some gentleman with a shotgun and tweed jacket. <laughs> But she works remotely and lives on Ambergris Key in Belize, so it didn't take a lot of arm twisting to get me to go down there and oh, sure. hang out with her four cats in a condo on the beach. Really? Yeah. So that expanded me outside of the U.S. Most of it so far has been house-sitting in this country and then in the gaps in between I'll catch a military hop or something over to Europe or the, the Nepal trip this spring yeah. to get up in the Himalayas. And that eats up some of the time and money I saved in between house sits. So I really come down to a point where there's three or four jobs that anchor me each year. That these are the folks that can plan their vacations that far ahead, which is kind of a big deal if you're going to do the house sitting thing. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't work out well for anyone if either I can't make it or then I show up and they're not leaving. That. Mm -hmm. And I understand you know things can happen. Unfortunately. In this situation, there's literally no, no insurance or backup. Yes. So now, do you get any sort of stipend from any of the places, or is it strictly a place to stay and what food they have in their house? Um, so far, at least in the, the, the house sits that I've initiated or I've been solicited for, it's pretty much an even exchange. Right. So I get to stay in these fabulous places and I don't really pay for anything on there. Folks are really good about, you know, they'll leave a six pack or some snacks in the fridge. Or in the case here, I've got Peter's garden that I can just go up and pick the food from. But typically it balances out, but I have seen things on either side of the spectrum where people were willing to pay, or there was one I almost took in Northern Canada up on the Arctic Sea, where the deal would have been, they would have paid for my seaplane ticket to get there. But I would have had to cook some like hearty pasta sort of meals for the contractors that were staying on their property. Right. So to me that seemed like a good balance. Or I saw a house sit in, it was at a penthouse on a high rise in Seattle. There were no animals to take care of, they just wanted someone there. But they stated uh, in the posting that we really don't require you to do anything. There's a, a cleaning person that comes in. so. Considering what you're getting, we'd like you to pay half of the utilities. Oh. So to me, that seemed absolutely reasonable if there was a reason you wanted to be in Seattle for right. a couple months. That's yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, again, you'd would, have to... Yeah. I think the biggest point there is to get all that out in the open before you know they commit to their vacation and you commit to taking care. I had a, a family in New Zealand, that phenomenal property on the coast on the, on the North Island, but every time we exchanged emails, they started adding another animal or herd of animals <laughs> to the equation. And when it got to the, well, there are some cows, but we have a rancher for that. I said, hey, you probably need a ranch manager 
more than a house sitter. Right? Yeah. I guess maybe if you grew up on a big farm, that wouldn't seem very intimidating. Right. And I'm willing to learn, but and sometimes you'll see they ask for couples or whole families to come because they're addressing that, well, somebody needs to be around most of the time. Mm -hmm. And if the farm's, you know, an hour from the nearest town. Yeah. So again, just get everything between the, the video calls and the phone calls and the emails, know exactly what you're getting into and nobody will have any hard feelings. Mm. Yeah, well you definitely need to know. And, and they need to know. And so no misunderstandings for sure. Right, like I do not know how to milk a cow. <laughs> I could, there's YouTube videos, I'm sure I could figure it out. Probably not the best way to do it. Mm, probably not. <laughs> most for the most part they're very domestic the house sitting websites even have little icons for lizards birds snakes cats dogs and you've done iguanas I've been places that had um, yep small lizards in a tank where you just basically have to sprinkle some food and make sure the temperature and humidity is yeah. okay so <laughs> but you can go in in your profile and you can adjust and say I'm happy or experienced with the following types of animals in you know, minimally experienced or not too comfortable around, you know, bears, lions. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hmm, yes, I wonder what would be, I've never thought about that, what would be my comfort level with, I don't know about taking care of an iguana. I would. Well, know. I have done it for my brother. My brother and uh, his wife um, had all sorts of lizardy things. And I've been over there and, and and then, like you said, check to make sure there's water and drop the mealworm in or you know, whatever. And some people have larger snakes and reptiles that require being fed things that are or were recently alive, and that may bother some people. Well, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the big um, lizard, I don't know what it was, um, you had to hold the, um, the tweezers and hold the mealworm or whatever, the cricket, for him to grab. You know, or he wouldn't eat it if it was down on the ground. So you had to sort of shake it in front of him, and it made me jump every time he grabbed <laughs> it. You know, <laughs> so but but I wasn't uncomfortable with that. Right. It was just I just made it made me jump. Most people, if they're inside the aquarium or in, inside a yeah. closed habitat, it doesn't bother them. If I showed up and someone said, "Oh, you'll, the boa constrictor's around here somewhere," <laughs> that oh, I'd sleep so well <laughs> the first night. Right. Yep. Right. Mm. So have you looked into doing some other international, you mentioned New Zealand that didn't work out. Um, I mean, would you want to go to the Scottish countryside oh, and absolutely. walk the dogs? <laughs> Every time I, I it's, it's kind of like the, when you were a kid and you had the, the Sears Wish catalog that had yes. all the, the cool stuff in it. So and I, I would encourage anybody to go at the end of the, at the podcast, make sure I'll spell out the, um, the websites that I use. Yes, yeah. please. I would encourage anyone to go because you don't have to register or pay or start a profile just to see what's available. Mm -hmm. So you can narrow your search by time of year, part of the world, state, animals. You can really filter it pretty well and see all the things that are available. Yeah. And a lot of people would be surprised or they might even, that's my neighbor down the street. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. But the international thing, uh, there's tons in, in Canada and Oceania, so Australia, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So the plan is maybe the second half of next summer is to arrange a couple of sits across Australia. You know, the little luck catch the military hop from Hawaii into Alice Springs. Cool. 
work my way across Australia, hopefully maybe a little Tasmania, New Zealand, and I think I can, the standard visa is good for six months, and then if I have a reason, like a house sit, I could extend it up to a year. So basically, instead of hopping back and forth all the way across the Pacific, go there and just bounce from Eastern Australia to Western Australia down to New Zealand and do all that over the course of like six or seven months with some traveling, camping, hiking in between. Wonderful flexibility. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. To have that. And I know in, in some respects you, you have to have, um, what would you call it, uh, a, a permanent location, address, for some things like a driver's license or yeah, You have to have residency. Some, a residency. Um, somebody needs to get your taxes or your registration fee. Right. Um, we're, well, we're more portable than ever in the digital world now. So I remember talking to military retirees that did the RV life thing, and they had a mailing address where their mail went, and someone opened it and took pictures and scanned it or read it to them. And now you can go to most of your things through their online site. You can turn off the paper copies and just get it digitally. Yeah. So for me, the main thing is I need to have an address for my VA healthcare sort of stuff, and I have to register a car somewhere. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a New Hampshire resident for most things and because the VA system is bigger in Florida I stay with that region but it's all a minor amount of paperwork and clicking to change it around um, but really if you put some effort into it you can turn off well my brother would disagree right now you can turn off most of your junk mail your bulk mail your pre-screen credit offers there's a bunch of online organizations and you can just click most of the stuff away and it'll It'll go away for a while, and then as you accept that 15% off coupon offer on the website, <laughs> right. you pierce the veil, and it will come back, and you have to go do it again. Mm. But it is very portable. Um, vehicle registration, maybe health care, um, and if you're dealing with any kind of higher education, then that might differ based on residency. But again, that's all you can do most of that online now, too, so how would they know? Uh -huh. Well, and you are extremely adept at technology the latest and the greatest and you know how to work it all and do you think that makes a difference in um, we, being comfortable I mean granted Colorado is a beautiful place and you might be there for a month two months but you have a lot of friends you still have your mother and, and family members so you can Skype and do all that sort of thing easily. Yeah, so social media, which has really become the bane of some people's existence. Um, Facebook really works well for me. Facebook and email, mm -hmm. because you can post whatever you want, anything from the crazy cat pictures to the little map showing where you're going. And there are some features on there. Actually, as I'm driving cross-country, my friends, military buddies, family... Um, can see where I'm at and I will sometimes get a message like you know you're going to be driving right past us why don't you stop in mm -hmm. you can always tell how much people really want to see you because the ones that tell you before you've driven past right yeah. the ones that consistently mention it right after you pass them well good talking to you yeah. <laughs> but yeah it makes a huge difference and I well, don't feel bad if we do that because I wouldn't know how to read what you're talking about <laughs> well I'm almost as good as a 13 year old with an iPhone so that's Oh, well. you're better than that. <laughs> well, a 13 year old with an iPhone is a whole lot. My two and a half year old nephew can make my brother's phone do anything. 
and I can barely, you know, make it turn on. It's a fancy My hardest phone. thing is to make a phone call. Yeah, I can do a lot yeah, of other that, things. That's, that, that's kind of that functionality <laughs> is buried underneath everything else on my phone. Yeah, yeah. It is really nice, and I've noticed that a lot of people I house it for are older, retired, um, usually again professionals, well traveled. But one thing they all have in common is they have a smartphone or a tablet. And I, I've yet to have anyone say, "Well, I'll be back in three weeks. You can't reach me." Mm -hmm. and, and rarely is it just a phone number. They usually put together a folio of, you know, mm -hmm. here's the vet, here's the handyman. If anything happens to you, they usually have a local backup, you know, that could come mm -hmm. in and, because that would be my greatest concern is oh, if yes. something happens out skiing and you have animals locked in the house. Yes. So I've been toying with using things like my Amazon Alexa Echo Dot to set it up to, you know, if it doesn't hear from you in so many days, my default failsafe has been, you're on vacation, you're going to get something from me every couple of days with a cute cat picture or just something about the house. If it goes for longer, feel free not to answer them, you're on vacation. Right. And if you reach the point where you haven't seen anything in the better part of a week, give me a call or a text. Mm -hmm. And then if you get nothing, call your backup person. Yeah. And hopefully someone will come up with an out-of-the-box ready-made solution for that, but I think we have the technology Oh, sure. So I get that out, Gosh, that out there to the other. Hadn't thought about that. Are you the backup for JC when he's here with Oh, you're Stella? all on the list. Oh, we're yeah, all we're on both the on, list. Yeah, okay. yeah, we're all on the list, yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. yeah, well, if we didn't see something from you in a couple of days, we would come and check. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, and it's very different you know, if you're in a, in a condo in suburbia oh, versus yeah. uh, Homestead in Meadows of Dan or yeah. the... Um, amazing but kind of well hidden place in Colorado on the river yeah I had the, the lights on the porch on later than they normally do one night and the next day the day the neighbors bicycled by to see if everything was okay ah. mm -hmm. yeah yeah well medicine Dan's nosy enough that we've been <laughs> right, right. have you had a, a pet get ill where you had to take it to the vet um, I have not um, so far so good because I have house sat for some critters that have since passed on and maybe one of the reasons they had a sitter is it would just be traumatic to take them to a kennel or move them mm -hmm. um but so far n nothing um more involved in hiding a pill and some cheese or some treats and giving it to them right. Right. um i had one pass on after like two days later i eat this little cat oh um, it passed on about two days after uh, she got back. Mm. It had it disappeared overnight. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it seemed healthy when, I mean, healthy for a very elderly cat. It was like 19. It ate like a, um, the others nibbled and it, it ate really well. And then he disappeared overnight. Mm -hmm. And then he came back, and then he died not too long after that. Oh, so. my. And see, I <laughs> had a dog die while I had somebody who was pet-sitting for him. Yeah. And oh, I, I, to this day, I feel awful, you uh, know, yeah. because well, you she would, had yeah. to experience that. She had to get somebody with a backhoe to come in and dig a hole and... Yeah, I mean, I gave her a hundred dollar bill and we cried on each other's oh, shoulder. Yeah, well, it's it yeah. would be. Yes. A friend, like, yeah, the, yeah. the older animals are the ones that had some illness I dealt with. Everybody was 
very upfront about it. Right. Yeah. I do get a little anxiety sometimes. So the cats in Colorado are they're indoor cats. They right. don't go out unless they're on a leash, which is actually quite something to see too. Yeah. <laughs> Have you filmed that? I've actually <laughs> got some lovely shots where it's kind of forced perspective where the the little ten pound tonk is climbing a boulder, but if you do the forced perspective, it looks like a mountain lion on a much bigger Oh, rock, wow, so. I bet. <laughs> so they will, if they're in the mood, if you bring the leash and the harness out, they'll jump up on the counter and say, okay. Mm. But these are the cats that the owners were initially going to train to wear life vests so they could go kayaking with them. I guess that was a bridge too far. <laughs> but uh. speaking of uh, medications and illnesses, apparently we were all scared that little Rosebud might have had heartworm, which is bad oh, yes. thing for cats yes yeah and well luckily um leslie's a retired anesthesiologist and she and george did their due diligence and found out that it was asthma oh. so i think they were us initially using a very low occasional dosage of oral steroids and their new vet doesn't approve of that so I, one of the messages i got recently is it looks like we might have you might have to be giving injections don't worry, we'll leave you know plenty of band-aids, clotting agent, and we'll try and train the cat to get used to that, but we're not promising anything. Mm, yeah. Since then, it appears they found an inhaler from Canada that they can use. Mm. Not sure how much Rose is going to love that either, but it should make things interesting. Mm. Wow. Wow, that's... that's <laughs> ah. Yep. All right, anything else you want to ask? No, this has been it? wonderful. Yeah, well, tell absolutely. Us, yeah, tell us how if if we inspire somebody, how does uh, what websites did you use, or or would you recommend, or? So there's a lot of them out there. Um, probably two or three are the main ones. We'll see a lot of cross listing. The biggest one is Trusted House Sitters. It's run out of the UK, and it has just. Uh, phenomenal amount of house sits everywhere. It's, it's pretty well run and maintained. Um, they keep a rating scheme up as far as the responsiveness of the homeowners and the um, reviews for the house sitters. So if you see someone on there that's got good repeat business, it's probably a safe bet. But they're one of the more, I think they wanted you know, $140, $150 to renew. And I found out that a lot of their listings were on, I use um, uh, house carers one word and then um, House Sitters USA Is that how Peter found you? I don't recall exactly which one they were mm -hmm. on. I know it was they. It was in the beginning of their foray into looking for House Sitters right. online. Something else hadn't worked out and I was I was right there next in line and that's worked out well but um, you know the, the first joke I always do to try and be disarming or just to see if it's too much to scare people is, you know, please tell me where all your underwear drawers and, you know, valuable things are because as soon as you leave, I'm just going to go look through everything. And so far, the response has always been, well, you know, underwear there. And <laughs> in other words, they've, they've already accepted the fact that someone's in the house. Of course, the last thing I want to do right. is <laughs> go through your stuff. Right. Of course. Life is much easier for me that as I'm touring the kitchen, I go, I'm going to use a frying pan, a saucepan, and three or four other implements. Pull them out, take a picture where they came from because I can never remember where they go back to. <laughs> and then if there's no reason to keep it open, I just shut off everywhere else to keep the dust and, and the various pet hairs and furs out, and that's less for me to worry about. Sure. And just do a really good inventory and review so you can at least put everything back where you found it. 
Um, I don't know too many people that want you to reorganize their house or clean it better than when you left. Oh, please. Well, now, that would be welcome in my home. Yeah, mine but, too. Uh, yeah, but no, most people would not appreciate it. Yeah, that. you typically show up a day or two ahead of time um, if there's space for you anyway. I always try and meet the people before it's do or die time. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in an area and there's a potential sit coming up, I'll, you know, we could both drive a little bit and meet and get to see each other. Um, but yeah, you do a good walkthrough and then all the important stuff like where's the one good pizza place and the good Thai food and who do you see for this in this area. And most of them that have done it a few times have you know, a multiple page portfolio done up with all the information you ever need and then you've yeah. got three or four ways to contact them uh, electronically by phone. Uh, so I would yeah, recommend anybody, I mean, if you've had family do it for you, there, there's no guarantee that they're not any crazier than the house sitter you've never met before. Well, right? this is true. <laughs> and then by extension, I've now been referred to other house sits, met other house sitters whom I've had people sit for. And so when I go rafting with the folks in Colorado next summer, the lady from Belize is coming up to watch the cats because we'd both feel guilty if it wasn't somebody we knew watching the cats. <laughs> so that's something I'm trying to do is build more networking in between the actual people that are house sitting because there's probably not many of us that are actually houseless that are doing this all the time. Most people are swapping or leaving, they're closing up their own house for a while, yeah. which means sometimes they have to get a sitter for their own animals. Wow. But I mean, if, if the reason you're not taking that long trip or that vacation is because you either don't want to spend the money or you just can't abide by putting your animals in a big kennel somewhere this is absolutely a great option yeah, and then if, sure. you, if you leave and you're afraid you left the iron on or the tub running or something it's just a simple call to the house sitter and if you're waiting on something in the mail that's important they'll they'll get it and let you know or take a picture sure. um, you'll, you'll go from wondering you know am i comfortable with having a stranger in my house to i don't want to leave without someone there afterwards mm -hmm. oh yeah i think and especially since there's no money involved or little or yeah. little money right. right and then i not having ever paid to kennel an animal i didn't realize that if you have a couple dogs or even cats and you want to go to a nice reputable place this is not inexpensive Oh, no, oh, it's yeah. very expensive. Yeah. And I've had varying degrees of success with kennels. Mm -hmm. You know, it, and it depended. It was more the dog's fault, Lily. Oh, yes. Than, well. than it was the kennel's fault. She just did not play well with others. You know, so one kennel she did well at. Mm. But the, uh, the kennel lady knew how to handle that particular type of personality. The other, the other kennel, they said she had to play with, a, she had to have a playtime. I said, this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a little too one-size-fits-all for animals. That yeah, the second time I took her, uh, that playtime was not mentioned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah. now, Leslie and I do some um, cat sitting here just, you know, for people gone a few days. Yeah, that are just stay your friends mainly. And right, but but even to, you know, get some, re some remuneration and I at least, I'm like, this is too much or whatever and they're like, have you called 
yeah. to really. see what I mean this one person has four cats she said it would be fifty sixty dollars a day and from attic to the critter easy yeah. so that's you know they people like to joke that you know there's you can't put a price on peace of mind and I'm sure you can put a price on it yeah. <laughs> but I haven't gotten anywhere close to it yet right and you know folks have offered to sweeten the deal and you know if there was some reason that was onerous to me or I had to like take a last minute flight or something then that could all be negotiated uh, it is kind of interesting that short-term local care people tend to pay for especially in urban areas they go on care.com mm -hmm. and they find a rated person that'll come by once a day and at least you know feed and water your animals and if you're really lucky then they might you know try and pet them and snuggle with them yeah. you know take them for a minimum walk but in right. the end they're probably doing it five other places on their way home yeah and i'm just curled up on your couch with them exactly yeah, well, we sp we spend plenty of time with Cooper. Yeah, well, we love Cooper. They're just so sweet. They're uh, they're pretty. She, those cat two cats are pretty much our regulars. We do them every couple of months, and uh, so yeah, we we spend a lot of time with Cooper. But well, like the Phantom Cat, you know, I'm there ten minutes because the cat doesn't want anything no, to do with me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's, I'm not saying that would necessarily change if you were, like, spending the night there for a week, but it's more likely that even the, even my phantom cat in Colorado I have caught glimpses of because PETA thought I had gone to bed, which is when she comes up and eats, mm -hmm. performs revolutions, has some water, probably plays with the other cats, and then disappears before I or the housekeeper or someone shows up. Yeah. So she's been surprised to see me still on the couch a couple times. <laughs> right. So I like to think that eventually, maybe a little closer. Yeah. But with, with most animals, that's been fine. Yeah. And some of them, like people, they just don't want to deal with mm -hmm. it. But well, you know, you after long term, they're going to get lonesome. And you, yeah, you're there, you're checking, so you know the food's being eaten, the water's being drunk, the treats right. are disappearing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you, JC. We've yes. certainly enjoyed this yeah, and learned a lot. That. And we will put. Uh, a couple of the websites or yeah. links to them and if we get any personal questions we know to how to reach you wherever you are in the world absolutely I've actually been slowly piecing together a document along with my references for all the friends that have asked how do you do this yes so kind of a frequently asked questions sure. sort of thing Good oh idea. excellent yes Good idea. yes all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Our show notes can be found at www.quincepodcast.com. We also have a Facebook page under Quince Podcasts. Uh, we are on iTunes under Quince Podcasts. So are Leslie Sheeler or Beth Elman Ford. And we're also on Stitcher Radio if you have that app on your phone or tablet. We'll try to get back in a couple of weeks. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Mm -hmm.